Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You say, hey, baby, are you okay? And I lie a little. Mm -hmm. And then Everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Nu kör vi! Den som går direkt till final är Maria Sol. Är Gå till. So here we are then, we are back. I can't quite believe it. It is episode three of the 2023 season of Melfest Monday. We, of course, have just heard 
the songs that competed in the second heat on Saturday night, as well as the moments that Maria Sir and Panatos qualified direct to the final. I am, of course, I'm Rob Lilly, as ever for Melfest Monday, joined by Mr. James Rowe. James, hello. Hi, Rob. Yeah, great to have Melfest back at the weekend again. I just always look forward to it. Every day of the week, I'm like, how many more sleeps until Melfest? Oh, five, it's four, it's three. And then it was finally here again on Saturday. And you know what? I loved the show. It was a great variety of music in there. Some great suspense moments, great interval acts. I think another solid Melfest heat. Yeah, it may have been Super Saturday. Countries across Europe may have been picking their song for the Eurovision Song Contest. But no, no, no. Me and James would far rather watch the second heat of Sweden's Melody Festival. And of course, and that is why you're listening to this, because I'm sure you were doing the same thing. As ever, we are here to look back at all the action on Saturday. And we'll be looking ahead to heat number three with a very special guest very shortly. Yeah, as well as that special guest who will be digesting everything alongside us, we're going to be chatting to two of the artists competing in this upcoming heat at the weekend. Heat number three, we're going to be speaking to Laurel and the twin duo Marcus and Martinez. Loved chatting to all of them for this podcast, so you're going to hear them very shortly. And we're going to get a very special tour around Linshirping very, very shortly. So we've got all that and more still to come. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of the analysis you are after looking back at heat number two in Lynn Sherping in just a second. Our special guest we will introduce to you in just a moment. But you remember we were chatting to Toby Eck last week. He was our special guest from Aftonbladet and we were asking what Linshipping was like as a city. It's probably not a city you've been to. I've not been. Rob, you've not been. I know you've been to a few cities across Sweden, uh, but we were interested in what it was all about. And Toby, <laughs> he gave us absolutely nothing. He knew nothing about the place. Yeah, he told us a bit about the hotels and that was it. <laughs> that was it. I mean, that's just the showbiz life that he leads. He, he only ever frequents the hotels and never has time to, to go out and actually see the place. But this is where Andy comes in. So this is Andy from the Eurovision Queens podcast, another great podcast. Andy said, he tweeted us earlier in the week and he said, I've worked in Lynn Shipping if you ever want a slightly more in-depth rundown of the place. So obviously, we were like, yes, Andy, yes, we'd love one. So our special guest from today's episode on the way very shortly. But first, here, courtesy of Andy from the Eurovision Queens podcast, is a tour and everything you need to know about Lynn Shipping. Hello there, this is Andy from the Eurovision Queens podcast, here to tell you a bit more about Lynn Shipping, one of the Melfest host cities where Heat 2 took place this weekend. I've visited about three or four times now for work at the university where I've taught Lego series play and leadership, but more importantly to meet and stay with one of my greatest friends in the whole world, Anneli Fribe, who lives there. Hey Anneli, how's good? Linköping is 700 years old and its cathedral Domkirke dominates the skyline. Today it's also known for its university and the growth of high technology industry in the area. Also, it plans to become a carbon neutral city by 2025. Yay Linköping! In terms of attractions, I have some recommendations. Firstly, Gamla Linköping, which is an open-air museum where you can experience old Swedish life. It's kind of like the Swedish equivalent of England's Ironbridge Gorge Museum, or Beamish. As well as the old-style wooden houses, gardens and cobblestone alleyways, it's got heaps of shops, craft demos, restaurants and cafes. 
Secondly, if aviation is your thing, then the Swedish Air Force Museum is a must, with its unique collection of aircraft and a Cold War exhibition. Thirdly, I'm going to recommend a little-known spot, which is a nature reserve outside of the city, called Tinero, where you can take a beautiful woodland walk around a lake. Several lakes, in fact, I think. I did a circuit around them with Annalie back in 2021, and it was just so beautiful. Finally, you must go to the chocolate shop Cloetta. Cloetta is a well-known maker of Swedish chocolate, including the Kex, or is it Shex, bar. There is no agreement on pronunciation. I prefer Shex to Kex because being a British northerner, Kex makes me think of underwear. But even worse is Cloetta's Plop bar, which always makes me laugh because I'm childish. Other than that, I recommend the restaurants Jord and Dalbom's Mat, the pub De Klomp, where I once mislaid a pair of gloves. Yes, I'd been drinking a lot. One word of warning to the first-time traveller to Linköping. The first time I went, I stayed at the Faulty Towers Hotel, a real hotel based on the one in the British sitcom. The service wasn't quite as bad as that offered by Baslin friends, but it was all a bit shonky and odd. I don't need to give you other options, as you already heard so much about Linköping's hotels from Toby last week. That's all from your Linköping correspondent, other than to say that the city motto sounds a bit like a Eurovision slogan where ideas come to life. That's all from me, other than to predict, I'm recording this on Friday evening, that Tennessee Tears will get through to the final this weekend, as the song is so damn catchy. And if you'll permit me a brief promo, I'm Andy, one half of the Eurovision Queens podcast. We couldn't compete with the Euro trip for news. We don't even try to. Keep on listening to this for that. No, we're just a classic Eurovision podcast. We play lots of songs from Eurovision's recent and old. That's all from me. Bye. So a huge thank you then to Andy from the Eurovision Queens podcast for that whistle-stop guide to Linköping, which we were after last week. So thank you, Andy, for that. Really appreciate it. But we should get into the meat of what happened on Saturday night. We should find out everything that happened in heat number two. And we promised you earlier on, as we do always, we do this with a special guest and joining us for the very first time, making their Melfest Monday debut from Aftonbladet, it's Stina Dahlgren. Stina, welcome. Thank you. Such an honor to be here with you guys. Stina, you come highly recommended. We had Tobiak, of course, your colleague on the podcast last week. We've had him on many, many times. And he said, if there's anyone you need to get on, it's Stina. So here you are. It's an honor to have you with us. Don't trust anything he says. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, where do you want to start then, Stina? Well, actually, can we start with where we started with Toby last week? Because last week we talked about the after party. Was it as fun as Toby suggested it was going to be? Well, the, the problem was that it was supposed to be this great party uh, at the hotel where the artists uh, are staying. But last minute they had to change the location. So every time you change the location and we're not at the artist hotel, the party gets a little bit uh, not as uh, <laughs> good as it normally is. But it was a great party, of course. I mean, it's Melfest party. And bedtime was? Oh, can I say this? <laughs> 5.30, I think. <laughs> <laughs> really, really impressive. So for a party that wasn't as good as it could have been, a 5.30 bedtime is still still pretty good by the sounds of it. Yeah, as I said, a Melfast party is always a Melfast party. <laughs> even even the bad ones are good. <laughs> Stina, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about who was happy at the party and who wasn't happy at the party. 
what were your thoughts on on the show that we saw on Saturday night? Well, of course, uh, happiest, no surprised of them all was, of course, Panetos, who made it to the final. Uh, they were all over the place, both during the show and during the after party. Tell us about Panetos then, because I remember hearing the songs for the, for the first time and I wasn't so sure this was going to be a direct to final song. I thought maybe the semi-final, but straight to the final. Was that a surprise to you as it was to, to me as well? Well, I think it was a, a little bit of surprise. I think most people thought that they were going to make it through, like but maybe to the semi-finals. So it was a little bit of, of surprise. Yeah, it was. But I mean, the Swedish people love Panietos. Uh, they have made it to the final before. So a little bit of surprise, but not too much. I mean, they were good and, and they had a, this amazing song, song that made everyone happy. Uh, I think they deserved the final. We should give another reminder of the results that we saw on Saturday. Panatos joined in the final by Maria Sir, and then, of course, Teos and Tennessee Tears going through to the semi-final. So we'll get to see them perform again before the final for another chance to qualify. Stina, let's talk about the other direct qualifier, Maria Sir. I think we all knew that was probably going to happen, didn't we, before the show? Yeah, I think it was... People, I mean, she and Lurian, they have been the the big like favorites during this. Everyone, they're in the top. Everyone thinks that it's going to be between Lurian and Maria Sur in the end. Uh, but Maria Sur, she's not super famous to the Swedish people. We know who who she is, but she hasn't been on this big stage before. But she actually. She, like she had a lot of pressure on her shoulders, but she made her what I think was the best performance uh, ever. I, I saw her during the rehearsals, but when it was time, she was just, she she did everything she could. And I think that the people at home noticed that. Yeah, I saw a lot of comments during the, the rehearsals some, from some of the press who were there who were saying that she wasn't quite up to scratch. There was some vocal issue. She was a little bit off, but on Saturday night, she really stepped it up a gear, didn't she? And she really put in a really solid performance. It shouldn't be a surprise, you know, she did the X Factor and um, and the voice in Ukraine before coming over to Sweden. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, like on the rehearsals, I'm not sure if she if she was nervous or if she was just holding back to save it. Um, but but uh, yeah, it was a little bit during the rehearsals. Um, it was highs and there were lows. But uh, <laughs> but the most important thing was that she actually performed really good on Saturday, and she did. Really interesting as well to see in the green room with Marissa, of course, someone that we will see and we'll talk about more later on in in Heat Three. Uh, Laurel Laurel Barker, one of the songwriters of of that song. So we saw a couple of couple of those, didn't we, in the green room? Because uh, is it Melanie Verber as well was was writing with uh, with Victoria as well? So a couple of the contestants in Heat Three were kind of warming up in Heat Two, and they were sat in the green room. Yeah, it was a little bit of a confu- confusion there because people were like, "Wait, are they supposed to be? No, oh, oh, they're, they're the songwriters this week." But next week, they're going to compete. Uh, but I think it was fun for them to be there. And as you said, a little warm up for them. Can we talk about one of the songs that I think some people are surprised didn't make it through? Rob, especially. Rob, I know you're a big fan of big fan. Victoria. <laughs> yeah, she's made <laughs> it to the final. I'm a big fan of her. <laughs> you're a big fan as well, Stina. So were you as well disappointed in, in the result on Saturday night? Because she's taken part three times before. She's gone direct to the final three times before. So quite a, bit, a big shock, really, that she hasn't managed to... Uh, um, to qualify from from a heat. Yeah, this was this was a big failure, fail failure for her, uh, Victoria. Of course, 
Uh, as you said, she she made it to the finals three times before. I think the song was good. Uh, I think the performance was good. She looks great. She performed really good. But I'm not sure if this competition was a little bit too hard. The the I mean, we had Maria Sur, Panietos, Tios, a lot of other really good artists. So I'm not sure what actually happened. Like, what do you guys think? I thought she was great. I was surprised that she didn't make it through. Well, I also thought she was great. I thought she was going to make it through. I didn't think she was going to directly qualify. I thought she might have to go through the semi-finals, given how strong you said the the heat was, which I think it was. James is going to get upset with me because I know this question is on his notes, but I'm going to steal it. Do we think we're going to see Victoria back in Melody Festival again? Because as we've talked about, she has done so well previously, of course, never having won the competition, but direct to the final every time before this one. She was away from the competition for four years before returning in 2023. Are we going to see her again? I do think we're going to see her again, but I do think it's not going to be 2024. Uh, she's probably going to take a little break for a few years. She's been trying to have uh, like hits outside Melody Festival, but that's why she always comes back, I think, because that's where she has her, her greatest hits in Melody Festival. So maybe... 2027, maybe? Okay. Mar- Marky cards for that one, everyone. We'll come back in a few years' time and <laughs> find out who's Dean as well. I want to chat a little bit about Tennessee Tears because I think that duo, we had them on the podcast last week. We were chatting to them. They came across really well, really friendly, really likable. And their performance, it wasn't anything really stand out, but it was just really well executed, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good song. They're, they're a great country duo. But I was surprised that they made it to the semifinals because I don't oh, really? think anyone expect. Yeah, I don't think anyone here expected that. Were you surprised at how many sets of twelve points they got as well? I think that was a surprising thing for me when we were going through the re- results that they got. You know, they got more than one set of twelve points from the from the viewers as well. They got several twelve points from the viewers, but it was also like it was the older viewers that were voting for them, and maybe that was not <laughs> such a big surprise. But but yeah, I, I don't think um, anyone counted with that, that the older generation was going to like them that much. And before we started recording this, me and James were trying to kind of predict whether if Victoria had sung Tennessee Tears' song, is Victoria going straight through? Because that was kind of her type of vibe. That's the kind of Victoria that we'd expect from Mello. That's interesting. Yes, maybe she... But I love Victoria's song as well, though. I thought the Tennessee Tears... Uh, the Now I Know song was a, a little bit boring. I thought Victoria's song was better, but but yeah, hmm, interesting thought. And the other song going to the semi-final from Saturday night was Teos. We were chatting to your colleague, Toby Eck, of course, on last week's podcast, and he said that Teos would probably really like to go to the semi-final so that his song could be released and he could rack up all those streams and people could get to know the song a little bit more, which might help him later on in the competition. What did you think about Teos on Saturday night? Oh, he's such a cutie. Uh, I mean, I love Tios. The arena loved Tios. And apparently uh, the viewers at home loved him. Uh, and so much have happened since last year when he competed. I mean, he now he is a star. It feels like last year was some kind of practice for Tios. And this year it was for real. 
Yeah, we saw that in his postcard before his song when he was standing outside in the street and loads of people were coming up to him to get some photos and just say hello. And then just the roar inside of the arena, I feel like it was the loudest of the night, even beating the sound of, of when Panatos and Maria Sir qualified, the roar for him was just incredibly loud. But it was also, Theo's is from Linköping. This was his hometown. Uh, he had a a lot of friends and families there. And of course, whole Lean Shopping was voting for Tios. So maybe I think that a lot of us in the press and the media, we thought that he was going to go straight to the final because we were also, uh, we also heard the, the roar and the, the audience. So maybe we got a little bit fooled by that, but, but he made it to the semifinals and he should be super happy. Stina, is there anything you want to add about any of the acts that we've not really mentioned thus far? We've not mentioned, of course, Uwe Brandelius or Eden. Do you want to talk about Uye? Let's go for it. What have you got to say? Come on, <laughs> give it to us. <laughs> okay, okay. First, actually, I thought I was gonna hate Ulya. That's not my kind of music. But, but okay. What do what? Do, but I want to know what you guys thought about Ulya because everything with his song is about the lyric. The lyric is amazing. But if you don't understand Swedish, what do you think about the song? Yeah, and I think that made it really difficult for for international viewers along with the fact that he was clearly struggling with his vocals as well. He wasn't on fine form on Saturday night, was he? He wasn't. His voice on Friday was completely gone. Uh, we were sitting at the rehears rehearsals and the whole audience was just quiet, looking at each other. They were like, "What? what is this dude doing? It was really odd. So he had no voice at all on Friday. On Saturday, yeah, the voice was back, not completely but it was back but it, it was still bad and it was hard for even Swedish people to hear the lyric I think. Stina can we talk about two things one thing that I meant to talk to Toby about last week and it's possibly my favorite thing of Mello this year so far I don't know if you have any idea what I'm talking about I bet you don't. No I'm trying to guess. Jesper's clipboard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just love that he has was... a clipboard. He was so hilarious this week I mean Last week, I thought it was a little bit, um, well, I didn't enjoy the, the show that much last week. It's not my kind of humor. And then this week, yes, but was brilliant. I was laughing so hard. And James, I don't know if you know the second thing that I was going to ask about. Surely you want to ask about Linda Bengtsing and Magnus Carlsen. What an oh. interval act that was, wasn't it? It just was like the Melfest good old days, wasn't it? Like, I can talk about this forever. Don't get me started. <laughs> it was everything that you wanted. It was so good. And I actually heard about this before. Some people, a few people had seen it before. Uh, and I heard that, oh, this is going to be so great. But I didn't expect it to be that good. It was, it was everything. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are, of course, listening to Malfest Monday from us here at the Euro Trip. Should say, next week's Malfest Monday, I think you know why. A must not miss, that's all we'll say. We've got a very, very exciting interview to bring you on next week's episode of Melfest Monday as we look ahead to heat number four, but of course, looking ahead to heat number three very, very shortly. And before we chat to Stina again to get her thoughts, we will be hearing from two of the contestants. We'll be hearing from Laurel and we'll be hearing from Marcus and Martinez as well. But before we do any of that, Rob and I have got two more songs to add to our Ultimate Melfest Party playlist. We've added four songs so far that you can listen to to get yourself into the mood for Melfest this year before you watch a show. We've got two more to add this week. We certainly do, yeah. So by the end of this series of Melfest Monday, we will put together a playlist that you can listen to before the grand final. If, like me and James, you're watching the show from home this year... James, a reminder for everybody, who did we add last week? From me, last week, we added Alcazar with Stay the Night. And I added Margaret with In My Cabana. Very, very good. And then a couple of weeks ago, the first episode, I added my most played song of 2022, Clara Hammerstrom and Run to the Hills. And I added Cassiopeia with I Can't Get Enough. Now, before we move on, I just want to shout out Will, who got in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. For any of your thoughts, make sure you go and follow us there. Who said, excellent playlist taste from James, two weeks in a row. You didn't say that about yours, Rob. Yeah, didn't, didn't mention anything about my choices, did he? Well, whatever, sure. They can only get better, I guess. I mean, <laughs> well, feel free to get back in touch and let, let me know. Be brutally honest. What do you think of my choices thus far? What do you think about Alcazar and Clara Hammerstrom? It's not a loaded question. And also Victoria, she got in touch as well? Yeah, big thanks to Victoria on Twitter who wanted to submit her own song. Please get in touch if you want to submit your song for the playlist as well. Victoria said that her submission was Aniston Demina from 2020. Yeah, what a song that was he had in uh, in Melfest three years ago. And should say as well, one final edition, Andy from Eurovision Queen's podcast, who you heard giving us a tour of Linchirping earlier on, uh, he said, can you please add Charlotte Pirelli's Still Young to the playlist? Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to Stockholm for the final. Oh, Andy, jealous. Right then, let's do this week's submissions. Rob, I'm going to allow you to go first. What have you got for us this week? Well, we know that you are merely a child, so therefore it is on me to go back into the Melfest archives, to properly <laughs> go back into the Melfest archives. Uh, we're going all the way back to 2010 for my addition to the playlist this week. They finished fifth in the grand final back in 2010. They won the third semi-final. It's the girl band, Timothy, and their entry, Com. What a rogue choice that was. I wasn't expecting you to go back that far, actually. I thought you'd have been staying in the realms of the last five years or so. Uh, nice to hear that. Uh, not a song you hear very often, I'd say. Exactly, and that's why I wanted to pick it this week, because we need some left-field thinking. We need some songs on this playlist that you'd forgotten about, but actually when you hear them, you're like, yeah, that is a bop, and that is exactly what that song is from Timothy. 
Well, speaking of left field thinking, let's see what you think of my submission for this week. Oh, very, very good. And be honest, were you inspired by Elof and Benny in Melody Festival in last week when it came to this choice? Yes, I was. Yeah, how did you guess? With the car on the stage. Yeah, Road Trip, what a song. Something a bit cheesy, something you don't, again, something you don't hear very often, just like your submission. But I just think the playlist needed something to really liven it up, to really shake it by its collar and say, look what I'm adding this week. So yeah, that's my choice. <laughs> Two very different additions to the playlist this week. So we got six songs in there from me and James. Thank you to all of you for getting in touch with your suggestions as well. If there are any songs that we haven't mentioned yet that you want to add to the playlist, that you want to suggest, get in touch with us at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email if you want to send many submissions. Send us like a A4 page worth of submissions <laughs> on an email if you want. Get in touch, hello at EuroTripPodcast.com and we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to The Euro Trip, your favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. I think it is about time then that we chat to a couple of the artists who are going to be making their Melfest debut this coming weekend in heat number three. Yeah, you say making their Melfest debut. Kind of true, kind of not, about the first person that we're going to hear from. Marcus and Martinez on the way very shortly. But first, it's time to hear from Laurel. You might know her better as Laurel Barker. And if that name rings a bell, that is because she is an illustrious songwriter at both Melody Festival and, and the Eurovision Song Contest. Her songs at Eurovision include as I'll talk to her about, having three songs in the grand final back in 2019, the first ever female songwriter to do that. They included the UK's entry in 2019, Bigger Than Us. Weirdly, I don't talk to her about that. Can't think why. But they did also include Switzerland's entry that year, which finished in fourth place. Many, many other songs besides. She always has boatloads of songs in national finals across the continent as well. And always has many entries in Melody Festival. And her first entry as a songwriter was with Renida. Such a good song. And as you'll hear from Laurel, she fell in love with Malfest from that point onwards. She moved to Sweden and has embraced all things Sweden ever since. But we weren't expected to see her on the list as a performer this year. We've already mentioned it. She was in the green room on Saturday night. She has written Maria Sir's entry at Malfest this year. But here's what she told me about taking part herself in the competition. Laurel, thank you so much for joining us on Malfest Monday. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Laurel, I want to go back a little bit just to begin with. And I'm fascinated mm -hmm. as to how someone who was born in Vancouver, on the other side yeah. of the world, in Canada, yeah. a city I've been lucky enough to visit a couple of times, and I love it. I'm fascinated to know how, growing up there, you ended up in this world of, of Melody Festival and of Eurovision, oh, wow. of, of other European Eurovision selections. How did it all happen? Yeah, um, well, to summarize that in a very, very short answer, um, the Vancouver music industry is tiny, and... Um, 
And I really did not love uh, the idea of moving to Toronto in order to, I just didn't love Toronto. That was just kind of a big like deterrent for me. I think because I came from beautiful Vancouver with mountains and ocean and just, um, yeah, it just couldn't, it just didn't make sense somehow in my brain. And so I spent a lot of time going to LA and then through um, all my contacts in LA, that just led to a lot of um, international songwriting camp invitations. And so I started coming over to Europe, um, I guess about, I guess in about like 2017. So maybe, yeah, yeah, six years ago. And um, it was just this crazy ride of a few years where um, I had a friend who was um, a, like I was on my grind. I had a friend who had, um, she was a flight attendant and she somehow fandangled a pilot into giving me his buddy pass. So I was able to like, for a really affordable prices to show up to all these camps and um, essentially do my own A&R as a songwriter. It was just so, so crazy. I just said yes to everything, anything and everything. And um, one of the camps that I did uh, led to, it was actually a song written in the UK. It led it ended up being pitched into Melody Festival and because it was produced with a Swedish producer, who, by the way, are like some of the best, best, best producers in the world. Swedish producers are just absolutely amazing. But anyways, it it was submitted into like the thousands of songs randomly for Melody Festival and it was picked for Renata. And that's how I ended up going to Mellow for the first time. And um, being like the friendly Canadian that I am, I just ended up like the first person I met was John Ludwig. He was super nice. Um, and his producers, they're like, come eat dinner with us, come sit with us, like total cafeteria style. And that was just the beginning of my very, very fun adventure in, um, you know, meeting, meeting Melody Festival and songwriters who I had actually like randomly also been, like meant to write with at other sessions and it hadn't happened yet. And so it was really this kind of like accidental homecoming in a way of like more dots connecting with like people that I essentially um, knew like one or two steps removed. It, it's really hard to express and to comprehend for anyone who has never had the opportunity to go to a Melody Festival and who might be listening to this quite how yeah. big it is, <laughs> quite what scale it's on, but also how it is also this massive family isn't it that's the impression that you get and you're welcomed in super quickly well I was and I feel very lucky for that you know because um I think that Swedes don't consider themselves to be very friendly but in my experience I um I experienced the opposite I really did and um it was also an amazing window into behind the scenes because I actually was singing backup for Renita as well so I was instantly thrown into like having already been a performer in Canada and um an artist and having released singles there I like I kind of like knew the ropes, but this was just a whole other type of exactly like size situation where I, I just think Sweden does this better than any country like live events. Yeah. The whole, just the whole gamut of like putting together a production that's live and making it look and sound awesome on television. I just, I was totally blown away and had no idea that there would be so many people that cared about it. So that was really amazing to discover. You, you mentioned Melody Festival and royalty, I guess. Uh, John Lumbick, who you said you, you met back in 2018. You guys have worked together, I know, since then as well. You worked with him on the UK's entry in 2019. Yeah. 
And also, you were the first ever female songwriter to have three songs in the final of the Eurovision Song Contest in 2019. Right. That earned me a lot of haters, which meant I must have been doing doing something. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was an interesting time. It was also like, uh, I don't think people maybe understand how songs make their way into different entries and how... And also how songs are written, but um, but that was a really, really crazy experience to be, you know, a female songwriter in this world where, you know, in the music industry, things are really predominantly male still. And then to suddenly have songs representing three countries the same year, that was really, really, really like shocking and and insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really insane. One of those songs, of course, Switzerland song, which came fourth in 2019. So congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations Thank for that so as well. Laurel, people listening to this who may be Eurovision fans will know you, as we've already spoken about, as a as a songwriter. But you alluded to it there. You have been a recording artist yourself. You have been a, a singer for, for a long time as well. Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. And um, before, you know, the songwriting bug really bit me, um, I released top 10 singles in Canada, toured. Um, I've played thousands of live shows varying from like big festivals to like small acoustic gigs in people's living rooms like home concerts i've done cafes i've played bars um i played in cover bands it's uh yeah i think actually like every songwriter essentially is an artist because i mean what is art you know like you're creating and um it's just a different kind of of art that you're that you're doing and and having done the artist thing it's you know every time i see one of the artists i've worked with succeed or like crash and burn and not being able to have control over the the whole process for someone um who's releasing a single it's you know I'm so deeply invested in their journey because they're like I know how they feel I know how much this matters you know why now I suppose you you have kind of touched on it there but why now what was the sign that said you know I'm I'm gonna enter but I'm gonna enter as as me I want to sing it this year well, there's just been like a, there's been definitely like a, a process of like trusting my steps and trusting my intuition over the last few years. And that's really when I, when I kind of set out like leaving Vancouver and knowing like something's not working here. Um, every step has, has been one of intuition and then second guessing myself and then choosing to forge forward. Um, so so this um, this was such a series of steps, you know. This wasn't uh, me. This wasn't me deciding. I'm, I want to do Melody Festival in this year. Let's see if we can get in. This was, you know, um, something that came up with uh, one of the writers that we talked about and really like mulled over. You know, is this something that like because um, I think someone involved in Mellow had maybe heard a demo of the song and things were already happening with my career in other countries and and it was just this kind of like train that you could just sort of see coming. And I was like, oh my gosh, like is the mellow train coming for me? Like this is just so wild. Huge thank you to Laurel for chatting to me there for this week's episode of Malfest Monday. Brilliant to have her on. Great to hear her reflections of how she kind of fell in love with Melody Festivalen, how the Melfest train came for her as we discussed and her participation this year. So brilliant to have Laurel on the podcast and wish her all the best for Saturday. She'll be competing against, among others, 
the duo Marcus and Martinez. Now, for listeners outside of Sweden, you might not know, but they are massive in Sweden. They won the Mars Singer over there last year. So brilliant to hear from them about their participation in that show. But also they have done plenty of other things in their very short lives, including taking part in Melody Grand Prix Junior in their home country of Norway and performing for the Princess of Sweden, which we'll be talking to them about as well. But here's what happened when we caught up. Marcus and Martinez, welcome to Melfest Monday. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's brilliant to have you on the podcast because I know in Scandinavia, you guys are huge, which I guess has already answered my first question for you two, which is, what are two Norwegians doing in Melody Festivalen? Yeah, first of all, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. We're super, super excited uh, about this opportunity. Uh, and uh, yeah, as you said, uh, we are going to compete uh, in uh, Melody Festival, which is very, very big for us. It's a big honor for us. And I think most of the reason is because we've been working uh, a lot in Sweden um, for the last two years, I would say. We are now signed for Universal Music Sweden. We have our music management in Sweden uh, and uh, all the managements are based in Sweden right now. So we have a lot going on in Sweden. We work most of our time in the studio in Sweden with the Swedish producers and songwriters, which we are having a lot of fun with. We enjoy working with them. And uh, so everything, it just felt uh, right uh, to do it here. Uh, and also uh, we earlier got asked to do Mask Singer uh, Sweden, which we actually won, uh, which was very fun. And now we got the question to be on Melody Festival. And we were thinking like, you know, it, it felt right. It was the right moment to do it here in Sweden and not in Norway because, yeah, we're from Norway. Uh, so, yeah, we're super excited about this uh, opportunity. And uh, we're just going to give give everything, give yeah. 100%, 200% since we're two. <laughs> you guys have got a, a great record of, of winning kind of music competitions on, on television, of course, if we're getting all the way back to when you guys were 10 years old. Junior <laughs> Melody Grand Prix back in, yeah. back in Norway. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think it's uh, soon 11 years ago. And that's where it all started. Uh, So, yeah, that was that was very fun for us. We were very young. And yeah, I think uh, we were not scared at all. We were just doing something that we thought was fun. And we didn't know that it was going to be a career of it. And yeah, we're super happy that we joined that competition and won it. Yeah. Two things I want to ask you about really quickly before we talk about Melody Festival. And of course, what was it like having, and I think this is right, did you guys have a number one album in Norway when you were 13? Yeah, 13, yeah. Uh, I talked to my dad about that because we've got asked about uh, our music we have released uh, from young age, like how that was. Yeah. And I think that album was on top 10 on uh, the Norwegian list for uh, almost 100 weeks. I think it was like almost 70, 70 weeks. Uh, so that was pretty yeah. amazing. That's incredible. And and the second thing I wanted to ask you about is when I was doing my research, did you guys get to perform at the birthday party of the Princess of Sweden as well? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we actually also made the song for her. Yeah, uh, we which wrote, we got wrote to a do. song to her uh, mm. just for her. Uh, we haven't released it or anything. We just uh, made a song and we performed it there. And yeah, it was just like a, a birthday present for her. 
Right, let's talk about Melody Festival and then, because that's why you guys are here. You are taking part this year with your song, Air. Tell me about how you guys came to be in the competition, because when I saw you guys talking about it, posting about it on social media, did SVT contact you guys, or did you enter a song yourselves, or the record label enter the song on your behalf? Well, the th- it started first that we got asked for, I think... Uh... Um, because we uh, when we were at Mass uh, Singer, uh, we actually went to see the semifinal for Melody Festival, and then we actually uh, met uh, the boss of it all over there, uh, and she told us like around that time, like you guys, it would be fun to have you guys with us next year, uh, and we were like, after that conversation, we were like it would actually be so much fun to actually do this because it's way bigger than we actually thought it was. Uh, so it's so cool to see so many people being like, how do you say it, engaged in this. Uh, yeah, So many people like this uh, Melody Festival and we know how big it is and we just really want to take a part of it and uh, yeah, do our best. Uh, so they contacted us and we were in the studio and we were like, we want to make a song for uh, Melody Festival. Yeah, so we sat down uh, because they asked us to to join this competition, uh, Melody mm-hmm. Festival. And then we had to to be in the studio and just in our thoughts, just, okay, make a song for Eurovision. Make a song for a Melody Festival. Mm-hmm. It has to be perfect. It has to be, uh, it has to be like a winning song that we're super satisfied with. And we, we think we can win uh, with the song. Uh, so we sat down, I think for three four hours a bit longer because we were supposed to go home that day i remember so we only had like a few hours in the studio we didn't know what we would expect we were in a rush yeah yeah in a rush so we had like four or five hours in the studio and boom we actually we got the song It, it just was like a day where everything went very good yeah and we were like this song would fit melody festival so so good what can people expect? What can you tell us about what people are going to hear when they finally get the opportunity to see you perform, they finally get the chance to hear the song? What can you tell us about that? Me and Martinez, we are entertainers. We always want to make a good show for the people. But this is a song I would say that is starting off, you know, a bit slow, a bit calm, mystic. It's going to get very powerful um, in the song. Uh, like full, you can't tell too yeah, much now. But it's like full of energy yeah. and we're just we're just going to give a good show. And yeah, it's a lot of uh, dance moves. It's uh, we're, we're going to make a show. Thank you, guys. It's been brilliant to have you on the podcast and all the best of luck in Melody Festival in this year. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. So a big thanks to Marcus Martinez for joining us here on the Eurotrips Melfest Monday. It's now a perfect time then for us to look ahead to heat number three already i can't believe how quickly this season of melfest is coming to us uh stina dahlgren from aftonblad rejoins us and stina we've got a very important job for you to do to begin with and uh, we want to hear the running order for the heat this coming saturday so can we have the artists and the songs in order please is this also because you want the pronunciation right (laughs) honestly yeah it's only because we love to hear the swedish pronunciation this is the only reason we do it (laughs) okay then i'm gonna say it really really swedish (laughs) uh first out is paul ray with the song royals then we have the dance band casanovas 
uh, with the song Så kommer känslorna tillbaka. Then we have Melanie Webe with the song For the Show. After that, number four, it is Nordman, Släpp alla sorger. And then we have Laurel with the song Sober. We have number six, Ida Lova, Låt hela stan se på. And ending everything is, of course, uh, Marcus and Martinus with the song Air. Uh, James, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, but Casanova is definitely my favourite Swedish pronunciation there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stephen, Casanovas. Was... Oh, so good. Thank you for doing it again. That was tremendous. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for us. Who, who do you want to pick out and talk about first? Who are you most excited about in heat number three? Well, there's only one. Of course, it's Marcus and Martinez. How big are they in Sweden? Because I was when I was talking to them and I was doing some research before the interview and I was reading and I was like, I think these guys are pretty big. Like, obviously, they won the Masked Singer, which they spoke about. They won the Masked Singer last year. They've performed for the Princess of Sweden before. Like, these guys seem pretty big. They are big in Sweden. I mean, they started their career in Norway, but the last couple of years, they've been bigger and bigger in Sweden. Uh, and I would say that... Yeah, ever since Masked Singer last year, they've been even bigger. So, I mean, everyone in Sweden, they know who they are. And how exciting is it, uh, the fact that they're going to be taking part in, in Melfest this year? You know, I think there's been some debate about whether they do Melody Grand Prix over in Norway. Sweden have got them in first. How exciting is that for the audience? Well, I think this is something that actually split the audience in half. Uh, one half is thinking that it's super fun. It's great to have them here. Uh, they love Marcus and Martinus. And the other half is probably more like, what are they doing here? Stay in Norway. Uh, so <laughs> so mixed emotions among the Swedish people, I would say. Let's talk about the, the other artist that Rob was chatting to a little bit earlier, Laurel. Uh, we know her as a songwriter. We were chatting about her earlier on. And we've seen her at Melfest for the last few years writing songs uh, since 2018. How long have we thought she might be taking to the stage as a performer? Was it a huge surprise when we found out last year? It was a surprise. It was definitely. But I think most people here in Sweden, they don't know really who she is. So so I think that's going to be a lot of people are going to notice now on, on, on Saturday that, oh, is this a Canadian singer? I think most people think that she's actually actually Swedish, but it was a surprise. I mean, it's a Canadian singer. People are talking about Marcus and Martinus that, oh, they come from Norway. That's a little bit weird, but no one is mentioning Laurel. So I think uh, for me, it was a surprise. Yeah. Well, Stina, let's talk now about another returner in Melfest this year. Someone we've not seen in Melfest for a couple of years. I think we last saw him in 2021. Paul Ray is back. Yeah, well, you sound so excited. Well, Do you like to, Paul Ray? To to quote your colleague, Toby Eck, when we did our artist announcement episode covering the artists that were going to be taking part in Melfest this year, I think back in November, I think Toby said something mean, like, you want me to say something about Paul Ray? <laughs> How do you feel about Paul Ray being back this year? Are you as excited or indeed as unexcited as Toby may indeed have been? Uh, I, f I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean. Well, I mean, he, he is great, but he, I don't think, uh, he's nothing special. He, he's just, uh, I, I can compare him a little bit with Victor Krona. Uh, great guy, they, they look good, they're good on stage, but it's something that's missing that, you know, the little extra thing. Uh, they disappear sometimes in, in everything. 
but but I mean, yeah, he's he's good. But I'm a little bit tired of him. I mean, he's he's been in Melody Festival and now it's the third time. I want I want to see some new artists as well. I'm a little bit tired of Paul Ray, actually. So do you really want to see mean? Paul? Is that too no, mean to no. say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, do you really want to see Paul Ray come along on Saturday night and bring something special, like a spark, something that we've not seen before, really just to say, look, Paul Ray's back and he's going to do something exciting for a change. And I mean, he's opening the heat, so there must be something there with the song, surely. Well, I, I really hope so, but that's not, I don't think so. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> pick, pick someone else then, Stina. Who else gets you excited? We've already spoken about Marcus and Martinez. Who else are you excited to see? Who who might join Marcus and Martinez as a direct qualifier? Okay, let's not forget about Nordman. They have been in the competition before. It was several years ago now. I think it was, was it 2008, the last time they were in it? Uh, they're a huge Swedish uh, music group, but they were really big during the 90s. Uh, so when they joined the Melodie Festivalen uh, to 2005 and 2008, I think, uh, people loved it. People loved it. But I mean, they, they've been gone for a few years and I think people are super excited that they're back. And I'm excited that they're back. Uh, can I ask you about um, our favourite sounding act, Casanovas? It doesn't sound anywhere near as good in my accent, so I'll get you to say it again in a second. Uh, what are we going to expect from, from Casanovas? Because they look like they're going to bring a whole lot of fun. Just by, just by the picture of them, they look like they're going to bring a lot of fun. Yeah, they they probably are like they're they're Swedish uh, dance band as we say dance band at Casanovas, uh, and and dance band is a huge uh, genre in Sweden, but I'm not sure if they're going to be. I hope they're going to be serious, take the competition serious, because uh, I don't want them to like just make a fun, make fun of themselves and make fun of the genre. I mean, this is a uh, this is something big in Sweden, and I hope they're going to make it. I hope they're going to have fun on stage, but not make fun of themselves, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they bring. Rob, do you want to pick out another artist? Have we got time for another one or two? Yeah, let's 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 run through these very quickly then. Let's talk about Melanie Weber. Again, not as good in my accent as it is in yours, Stina. But Melanie has a long history with Melody Festival and in terms of the the songs that she has written previously in the contest. But I think this is the first time we're seeing her as the main performer. Yeah, yeah. But she wrote the Mama song, Move, that actually won Melody Festival. So, so uh, 2020. So, I mean, Melanie Weber has already won Melody Festival, but not as an artist. So this is, I'm pretty excited to see her. I mean, she's kind of, she has a special music style. So... It's going to be exciting to see her on stage and see if the Swedish people like her as much on stage as they they like her as a uh, songwriter. And then finally, I think have we just got one more artist to, to mention, Ida Lover, another one making their debut this coming weekend. What do we know about them already? There'll be a new name to, to most watching outside of Sweden. But what about inside of Sweden? Do, do people know who she is? Well, they don't know who Ida Lova is, but they know who her mom is because her mom is a Swedish celebrity, a Swedish TV host. So that's what she's famous for here. And and I think her mom is really, most people like her in Sweden. So I think that she can get a few points by just being Christy Melzer's <laughs> daughter. Let's do it then, Stina. This is the point at which all of our guests hate, but we do it anyway. We're going to ask you to oh, predict, no, uh, we're going oh. to ask you to predict who's <laughs> going direct to the final, who's going to the semi-final, having not heard the songs at all. However, I don't believe that you haven't heard the songs, Stina. I cannot believe that you've not heard some of the songs in the Aftonbladet office. 
I would never, never, not heard a, a single bit. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, let's get your prediction. Okay, but I would definitely say, definitely say um, Marcus and Martinez to the final. And I think and I hope that Nudman is joining them. And then sneaking into the semi-final. Oh, semi-final. Well, I say Paul Ray. Even if I don't like him, I think maybe the Swedish people are going to recognize him. He's a familiar face and that could be good for him. So I, I would say Paul Ray. And then, oh, tricky one, last one. Okay, then, well, okay, I'm going to say Casanovas, just because, like, I'm a dance band girl. I would, I, I, I'm going to say Casanovas. And I, for one, hope that they do get through, because then we can get you back on the podcast and we can hear you say their name again. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me ask you one final question, and it should be a little bit easier. We were in Lin Sherping at the weekend, and now we're going to be heading to Lead Sherping. Sounds almost the same. Uh, what, what's that after party going to be like? Well, hopefully awesome. <laughs> hopefully uh, better than this one. No, but hopefully they're going to be at the Artist Hotel this time. Uh, Lidköping is uh, it's a smaller city, but often I know that when you're in the smaller cities, uh, it's like people are so happy that Melody Festival are there. So I think it's going to be great in Lidköping, of course. Well, hopefully you get some sleep between now and then, and then you'll be ready and raring to go again for heat number three. Sina, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for making your debut on Malfest Monday. Thank you so much for having me, guys. So there we go then. Another episode of Melfest Monday is in the bag. We've reacted to heat number two, and we've got you up to speed with heat number three. A big thanks to Stina from Aftonbladet for joining us for a chat and Laurel and Marcus Martinez as well chatting about their Melfest debuts on the stage this coming weekend. Yeah, pleased to have finally pulled my weight on the podcast this week because for the first two <laughs> heats it was just you talking to the artists. But yes, I was chatting to, to Laurel and Marcus and Martinez and then we share the load, I think, next week when you'll be hearing from some of the acts taking part in heat number four. And we'll say it now, if you've been following us on socials, you know already... Loreen joins us on Malfest Monday next week. Someone's getting ahead of themselves. We've still got Heat 3 to deal with on Saturday. Just a few more days to go until we head from Lynn Sherping to Lead Sherping for Heat number 3. Very excited to see what happens on stage this coming weekend. But yeah, as Rob says, we'll be back in in a week's time as we're joined by Loreen. Yes, Loreen. Yes, Loreen is going to be on the Eurotrip and Melfest Monday next week. Very excited for that. So until we're back with you in a week's time for Melfest Monday and in just two days' time for your regular episode of the Eurotrip, make sure you keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and you can read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. Make sure as well you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James... Goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye.